Hello, and welcome to The County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of The Conversation, we're going to talk to Jesse Habern, Fairfax County Health Department in the Office of Emergency Preparedness, talking about emergency preparedness in the health department. And Jesse is a public health emergency management coordinator, so I definitely want to talk Talk to him about that uh, uh, title that I'm wondering if it's on a business card or not. But, Jesse, thanks for, for being with us on the podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you. Public Health Emergency Management Coordinator. Man, that's a mouthful. Sounds impressive. Sounds uh, like a lot of stuff to do as well. It is a mouthful. Uh, it does not fit very well on a business <laughs> card uh, Tiny or print. anything else, really. Um, but uh, And it is it is a lot to do. Um, it, uh, it, the, the role of public health in emergencies has, has really um, expanded mm. over the past 15 years or so. And so every year there's a little bit more and more to do. Right. It's kind of interesting because you've got the, the two, I don't know what the word is, aspects or uh, I was going to say fields of whatever, but you've got public health and you've got emergency. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as you talked about, you know, emergency management just by itself is a is a growing new field. A lot of uh, emergency management agencies, whereas they used to be like within police or fire department. Absolutely. And then you've got health department now with emergency management area, kind of uh, a specialty area as well. Why, why is that? Why, why this evolution, if you will, of, of kind of more specialized emergency management, emergency preparedness in the in the health sure. field. Uh, so I think that's that's really happening in a lot of different sectors. I mean, it would be the same for, you know, public works and, mm. and, and agencies like that as well. And I think it's because um, as we get better as communities in responding to emergencies, we realize that there's really a lot of aspects to any one emergency. And so, you know, the typical kind of emergency that you might see like a building fire or maybe a hurricane or tornado over the years, we've really started to realize that there are public health impacts, there are public work impacts, there are impacts from those emergencies that require kind of specialized Mm. um, response tactics and Mm -hmm. techniques, um, as well as specialized knowledge. Um, And public health is a really great example of that. Um, You know, I think prior to 2001, um, in particular, 9-11, and then the anthrax letters, the, mm. the incident in 2001, called, kind of known as Amerithrax now, um, public health wasn't necessarily viewed as, a, as an emergency response right, organization. Right. Okay. Um, and after those anthrax letters, um, I, I think public health kind of uh, came to the forefront a little bit in emergency response. And over the past 15 years, it's just taken off tremendously because I think there's a lot of um, knowledge, skills, abilities, there's a lot of resources in public health mm-hmm. um, available to respond to all types of emergencies sure. um, that, that has been kind of sitting there untapped. And now mm-hmm. over the past 15 years, we've really been honing it and refining mm-hmm. it, figuring out what the impacts to public health and the healthcare sector are from a wide variety of emergencies. Right. We're not just concerned about bioterrorism anymore or about pandemics. It's it's much, much more right. than that now. Well, I guess, and there's, there's two angles. As you said, I mean, there's the obvious health issues that could be emergencies. Mm-hmm. But then there's so many other emergencies or incidents, et cetera, that have health implications. Mm-hmm. So how do you... <laughs> I guess that's why you have your office, emergency preparedness. But mm-hmm. I mean, how, how do you plan? How do you foresee? How do you look to, you know, address issues that that may or may not occur? So, um, you know, I think what what we're seeing 
with the this hurricane season is a really mm. great example of that. Hurricanes um, have have happened forever, um, but more and more you start to realize the public health impacts of a hurricane and and you know uh, Hurricane Maria, what's going on now in Puerto Rico. Irma before that, Harvey before that, those were tremendously devastating uh, hurricanes, mm-hmm. and they had tremendous impact to the public health um, of those communities. Um, anything from the the impact to hospitals and other healthcare organizations to the longer term stuff, like um, the spread of disease uh, mm-hmm. due to contaminated water and, uh-huh. and the long term kind of vector control issues. And by vector, I mean disease carrying insects and okay. things like okay. that. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, how we plan and prepare for that, I think we do it, um, you know, now these days anyway, the past 15 years or so, the same as any other kind of first responder or emergency management agency. Um, we adopted um, the, the tenets of the National Incident Management System, which mm, is kind of that okay. nationwide system for how we all respond to emergencies. Um, we institute cycles of, of planning where we sit down with our community partners, with our government partners, with subject matter experts in public health and all kinds of other fields, and plan for how we're going to respond to a large disease outbreak or, you know, what happens if the public health or the healthcare infrastructure collapses or mm. is damaged, you know, wow. in some way. Um, and, uh, you know, how you, how public health fits into mass care shelters and how we fit into family assistance centers and all Goodness. these other kinds right, of yeah. techniques. Um, so we institute planning for that. We write plans on what we're going to do. We operationalize those plans um, by developing tools and job aids for the staff and the volunteers who are going to have to go respond to those types of emergencies. Uh, and then we train and we exercise like everyone else. It doesn't mean much if it's just on paper. We have to train in our staff and our volunteers on what their role is going to be during an emergency, what the health department's job is, what other agencies' jobs are, and how we all work Uh together. Um, And then we have to exercise it. Um, We exercise a lot uh, at the health department. We participate in the county exercises. We run exercises of our own for medication dispensing and things like that. Goodness. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of of blown away trying to figure out where to go next because there, there is so much. But it's it's been evolving, as you said. It, it, it used to not be this way or this much planning or this much effort. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, I was going to say evolved, but very quickly, very rapidly evolved. How do you prioritize issues or potential threats or hazards that need to be planned, written for, trained mm-hmm. exercises? Is there a way to kind of prioritize that? Sure. We have, a, we have a couple of different ways. When we when I started at the health department, it was about 14 years ago now um, in the early thousands. So you've seen the focus, transition. Yeah. I have, yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you know, looking back on it, it seems very rapid. But over those 15 years, it seemed quite slow, frankly, oh, okay. <laughs> the okay. evolution. Uh, now it seems like it happened very quickly. But, um, you know, back then, back in the early thousands, we our charge as public health, um, particularly in the emergency kind of response piece of public health, was really related to um, you know, being able to respond to bioterrorism, being able to respond to large, naturally occurring disease right, outbreaks right. and things like that. And now that is still a, a focus of the health department. It's one of our primary missions in public health emergency management, mm-hmm. but it's not at all the only one. And so, you know, we've talked about how much that's expanded. How we prioritize is through, you know, I think a couple of different mechanisms. One, we're always trying to participate in in the county and in the region in um, these processes to identify 
identify what are our hazards, what are our vulnerabilities, um, hazard and risk assessments and things like that to try to prioritize what's going to be most likely impacting an area like Fairfax County or an area like the uh, the National Capital Region, and then work to, you know, try to kind of divide our efforts amongst those kind of top priorities. Mm. Um, you know, these days there's there's a lot going on with complex coordinated attacks and with severe weather. Severe weather is probably the top here for, for Fairfax County anyway. I was going to ask what are some of the, the more... Co- not more common, but the more realistic threats or risk or whatever. Well, you know, it's certainly severe weather in Fairfax County. Um, You know, that's not just hurricanes and tornadoes. Uh, Tornadoes are, you know, a little less common Mm -hmm. in this area. But, um, you know, there's... uh, Two inches of snow is a... Snow, yeah. (laughs) Snow is a a huge one every winter. That's that's really what we're worried about. Um, And so severe weather is a big one. Um, complex coordinated attacks, kind of terrorism in general is another one. And... Complex coordinated attack. Can you explain that? What? Uh, sure, sure. So by that I mean sort of the um, you know uh, coordinated, meaning you know more than one attack oh, occurring okay. at the same time, okay. potentially like we've seen um, internationally. Um, you know, it could be a mix of of um, small arms fire and explosives, mm. or you know, a vehicle um, ramming situation along okay. with you okay. know someone attacking with firearms. Okay, so and more than like just that. one scene. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so you know, there are public health imp- implications to that, and we have a role in responding to those things. And then you know, for us, kind of the the loom of of a pandemic mm. or the spread of disease is always um, you know very uh, much on our minds sure. and is a is a risk sure. here in Fairfax County like it is anywhere yeah. else. I forget the year the pandemic flu crisis or the H1N1. Yeah, uh, there was the, the, yeah, that. it was 2009 2010. Okay, okay. Um, that's a very good example. We were um, you know the H1N1 was um, not as devastating as other pandemics the world has seen. Um, though it was still um, extremely complex to respond to, it still resulted in, in fatalities and, mm-hmm. and many, many ill people in the community. And you know that's always a concern because when you're dealing particularly with a novel disease, a new disease mm-hmm. or a or a strain of the flu that you know we don't have a vaccine for. There's that period of time where that has to be developed, um, and it's very it's very complicated to provide services to people when you don't have right. the vaccine to provide right. to people. How do, how do you deal with that type of situation? But it, it seems like it'll always be happening again, whether mm-hmm. yearly or every other year. You know, three four years, you have something like that 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 becomes a public health crisis. Maybe there's misinformation. Maybe there's not a vaccine. People feeling like they don't understand what's going on. You know, maybe there's confusion or, you know, hysteria on their part. I mean, Mm -hmm. that kind of just, it all seems to kind of add to an already complicated situation. It certainly does. And that's where, um, you know, really good sound public messaging comes into play. That's one of our um, roles as emergency response agency Mm -hmm. in Fairfax County is to work with the Office of Public Affairs and the Fairfax County Office of Emergency Management to make sure that, you know, sound public health messaging based on science is getting out there to the community um, so that we can allay concerns, Mm. um, answer questions that people have about, you know, how to protect themselves during this time when maybe a vaccine is not available or Mm. where to get the vaccine when it is available and things like that. Um, So it certainly challenges things, um, but that's why, you know, 
my agency, your agency, others put so much effort into that, yeah. into that public yeah. messaging component. Okay. We're on the county conversation talking with Jesse Habern, Fairfax County Health Department, uh, his Office of Emergency Preparedness in the Health Department, dealing specifically with, with these type issues. Uh, get back to emergencies, emergency preparedness from the, from the health standpoint. But let's, let's take a step back. We kind of maybe remiss if we didn't just talk about Fairfax County Health Department, uh, a large department with a lot of uh, moving parts, if you will, a mm-hmm. lot of responsibilities. Can you kind of give us a, a brief overview just of the, the health department and, and kind of what it does in sure. Fairfax County? absolutely. Uh, so the Fairfax County Health Department is uh, a locally administered health department, which is a little bit um, unique in Virginia. Um, we serve uh, Fairfax County, the cities of Fairfax and Falls Church, and the towns of Herndon, Vienna, and Clifton. And we provide a wide variety of public health uh, services. So kind of the, 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 the typical public health things you would see, um, you know, like community health outreach and programs to improve the quality of life and the health of our community. Um, we, we run over a dozen clinic services or clinic sites or health department sites that provide a variety of services, um, adult day health cares, women, infant, and children programs, um, uh, medical uh, exams and, and vaccines and so on uh, at, at, uh, at clinic sites around the county. Um, we have a, a, a large and very, very busy environmental health division mm-hmm. uh, and their job is to um, inspect every restaurant in Fairfax County, oh, every yeah. pool, every tattoo parlor, wow. um, to make sure that you know there's food safety in place and that um, these facilities are operating in a in a manner right. that you know is conducive to the health of the community wow. and that sanitation is is you know being looked at all the time. Um, we have run our own laboratory, provide a variety of laboratory mm-hmm. services um, to uh, other agencies in, right. in Fairfax County, um, and then a variety of services to really meet the the community community health right. uh, of Fairfax County. Wow. And then, of course, we have my office, the Office of Emergency <laughs> Preparedness. Wow. Um Wow. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going it's on. It's a lot. It's very big. And I would also, I'd actually, I'd be remiss to mention that we're, we're in every school. We have um, we have employees oh, yeah. uh, looking after the health of, uh, of the children in Fairfax County Public wow. Schools. Yeah. Wow. So your office, the Office of Emergency Preparedness in the Health Department, we've been focusing in the first part of the show really about you know, external to the community and planning and mm-hmm. keeping the residents safe. But the health department is a fairly large organization, a lot of employees. Is there emergency preparedness aspects that you need need to deal with with the internal staff? Very much so. That's a big part of, of um, our job in the Office of Emergency Preparedness is to prepare our staff and our volunteers to be able to fulfill their role in emergency response at the county level. Mm. Um, so, you know, we have, we, we, we're we a very mm. big department. We have um, about 750 or so um, employees. We have another uh, five to 600 uh, Medical Reserve Corps volunteers. And we, um, we really strive to create kind of a culture of preparedness. Um, if you work at the health department, you're considered an emergency responder and you have to be available to, to work. And a big part of that is um, really embracing personal and family preparedness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to be ready to go to work during an emergency. Right. We have to have our own preparedness in place. We, our families have to understand right. that you know, we may be leaving to go to work. Right. Family preparedness has to be in place. So that's a big part of what we try to wow. do to create this kind of culture of preparedness yeah. in the health department is to yeah. kind of always be ready, um, be ready to fulfill your role. We provide a lot of trainings, like I mentioned. We provide a lot of exercises. Um, you know, We're very uh, big proponents of our volunteers getting all the same trainings that our health department staff mm-hmm. get, at least in regards to emergency 
emergency gotcha. emergency gotcha. preparedness. So if we provide a particular training on how to respond um, to work in, you know, a pod, what we call a point of dispensing to okay. dispense medication in, okay. a, in an event of a, you know, a large scale disease outbreak or, a, you know, an act of bioterrorism or something like that. If we offer that to our staff, we offer the exact same training to our volunteers wow. in the medical reserve course so that um, everyone is working off the same page. Right. Everyone understands the tenets of the incident command system and the national incident management system and all these wow. processes that we use to right. respond to emergencies. You mentioned uh, volunteers in the Medical Reserve Corps. I want to make sure we do touch on that because even regardless of how big a staff is, mm-hmm. uh, no individual agency can, can do it all. So you've got Certainly the Medical not. Reserve Corps, which are volunteers. Talk a little bit about that, what it does, and, and sure. how maybe folks get involved. Absolutely. Um, so the Fairfax Medical Reserve Corps um, operates out of the health department, and it's um, it's a bit of a misnomer because everyone hears Medical Reserve Corps and they think that you you should be a doctor yeah, or a yeah, nurse. Yeah. And um, we we love for all doctors and nurses to come volunteer with us, but it's a it's a mix of non medical and medical staff because it's not just medical roles that we need help on. Um, So, you know, I think it's about a 50-50 mix. I could be a little off on that, but it's about 50% non-medical, 50% doctors, um, nurses, and a variety of other uh, medically licensed professionals. And um, the Medical Reserve Corps uh, supports um, a variety of aspects of the health department's work, emergency response and non-emergency response. Um, They're also an asset to the county. You know, often um, if there's an emergency and, you know, the health department sits in the emergency operations center along with all of the other agencies that have a role in response. Sometimes we're getting requests for volunteers and those volunteers may not necessarily be working on behalf of the health department Mm. in that particular instance. They're an excellent resource. Um, You know, if you become a Medical Reserve Corps volunteer, you get a lot of opportunities, a lot of trainings. You get the opportunity to deploy outside of Fairfax County Mm. if you want. You don't have to, Um, but there are opportunities to deploy statewide, to deploy to some of these efforts, um, you know, um, nationwide and internationally to respond to the hurricanes and things like that. So um, a lot of value added there for the volunteer and also for the community. Well, you know, if someone's wanting to volunteer, I'm thinking they want to volunteer. They just Mm -hmm. want to, they just not want to sign up and be a volunteer and then never be used. They want to volunteer. So that's seemingly different than a lot of other volunteer opportunities in that you actually get to use your training that you've been given. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a, a big focus of ours is making sure that, you know, these folks come to us with a, you know, sort of an, an earnest desire to help. And, sure. and then, you know, we want to provide them the training and the opportunities to, to do that. Yeah. And so we're always looking for, our, for sure. kind of new and different ways to get volunteers. Is there a, somewhere online? Is there a phone yes. number? I mean, how can folks uh, get some more information or volunteer if they're interested? Absolutely. If you're interested in volunteering, um, I encourage you to go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash MRC. Hmm. And uh, there's some information there about what the program is and some of the benefits of volunteering. And then there's also a big volunteer button. You click on that uh, and it'll walk you through a brief application application process. And then um, the Medical Reserve Corps coordinator from my office will be in touch and uh, start bringing, getting mm. you involved in, right. in the program. Okay. 
I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, uh, as we're in the, the fall season, as we're recording mm-hmm. this podcast, about flu. Uh, anything we need to know about flu, what your office has been doing, preparing, just kind of wide open question about flu and, and the sure, absolutely fall winter seasons. Uh, so the health department, um, you know, now is flu season. We're, we're right in the middle of it. So the health department um, really encourages everyone to get their flu shot. Uh, the CDC recommends a yearly flu vaccine as the first and the most important step in protecting against flu viruses. So we really encourage uh, everyone to get their flu vaccine if they have not already done so. Um, flu vaccine is is um, very available in the community, not just from the health department. You can mm. get it at your local pharmacy, you know, drugstores, okay. grocery stores in okay. some cases. It's, right. it's very available. Um, I would also encourage people just to protect themselves from the spread of disease. There's really some very simple things that that you can do to to protect yourself from the spread of disease. Um, Wash your hands often. Mm. Um, You know, anytime you've gone through a public space and you've touched doorknobs or handrails or anything like that, wash your hands the next time you get a chance. Um, Cover your coughs and your sneezes. Mm -hmm. That's really important. And not Um, not with your hand. Not with your hand. Don't do it with your hand. That's just going to spread it to the next (laughs) doorknob or or a handrail. Um, The best way to cover your cough is either, you know, use a Kleenex in your hand and and get it all in the Kleenex or use kind of the crook of your elbow. Um, You kind of, it's sort of a, we often describe it as like that Dracula uh, move where he takes his cape and he swoops it over his face. You want to do that. You want to be sneezing into kind of the crook of your your elbow um, is the best way to do that because then the germs aren't getting on your hands Mm -hmm. where you're going to go shake someone's hand or, you know, pass that along. Um, And also stay home when you're sick. You know, I know that's way easier said than done. Believe me, I understand. But, um, you know, disease spreads easily in places where lots of people are congregated, like our places of business, our schools, um, and public venues. So Mm -hmm. staying home when you're sick is a really, really good way um, of preventing the spread of illness. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, Jesse, we are out of time. I'll, I'll kind of give you the, the final word, final thought, anything I didn't get a chance to ask or uh, any, any final thought from you about either the health department, uh, the Office of Emergency Preparedness within the health department, or residents being better prepared health-wise, just kind of wide open. Sure. Um, well, you know, in addition to those um, those items I just mentioned about protecting yourself and, 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 um, and protecting the spread of or uh, preventing the spread of disease, uh, I would say visit the Fairfax County Health Department. Um, If you have any questions about public health or the services available to you um, from the Fairfax County Health Department, you can visit the website at fairfaxcounty.gov slash HD or call the health department's main line at 703-246-2411. Uh, I'd also put another plug for volunteering for the Fairfax Medical Reserve Corps uh, if you're looking to get involved in your community and help protect your community, and that's fairfaxcounty.gov slash MRC. Uh, and I would also encourage everyone to sign up for Fairfax Alerts mm-hmm. um, to get important critical um, updates um, anywhere from from traffic to uh, tornado watches and warnings and hurricane watches and warnings and so on and so forth. Um, it's a really great resource, and you could go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash alerts for that. Awesome. That's great, great information resources right there. Jesse, thanks for uh, being with us. And I'll uh, repeat those again for the health department, fairfaxcounty.gov slash HD to volunteer for the Medical Reserve Corps, fairfaxcounty.gov slash MRC. You can also call the health department, 703-246-2411, I believe was the number you said. Mm-hmm. 
And then a uh, good, good point about the Fairfax alerts, being sure to sign up for those at fairfaxcounty.gov alerts. Jesse, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. County Conversation is brought to you by the Fairfax County, Virginia government, and we certainly thank you for uh, joining us today. If you need to get more Fairfax County news and event information, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov news. You can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us.